0: Hey, buddy. Hey. Well, it's been great talking (laughs) to you. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everyone. Welcome to Please Bless This Podcast. This is the podcast where two sisters talk all things Mormon and pop culture, and sometimes there is a reckoning.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, jeez. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: If you know, you know. Um, Mitt Romney's biography came out a couple months ago, and it's called Romney: A Reckoning, yeah. which is such a dramatic title. Yeah, and honestly, he's a total drama
1: queen. So we're gonna talk about it. That's what I gather from your notes. It's mm-hmm. uh, he's um, quite the character. To make this more
0: pop culture centric, though, we need to first talk about Mitt Romney and pop culture for just a moment. Sure. Um. Did you know he and his wife dressed up as Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift for Halloween? Yes. Good for them. Way to like yeah. read the cultural moment.
1: I Yeah, I wonder if it was their idea because it is kind of like. Yeah, you know. A little impressive. Katie is silently
0: applauding for those of you not watching on YouTube. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like a
0: little bit of a of a kind of in touch move. Like, do you think our mom knows who Travis Kelsey is?
1: Maybe if my if our dad has brought it up. Because our dad yeah. certainly does.
0: Our dad is a bit of a Swifty.
1: Yeah. And he so was he...
0: pre-reputation era. He was a bit of a Swifty.
1: Right. He's a PG Swifty. Mm-hmm. Once she started swearing, and he was like... out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so Mitt Romney, he is in touch with the cultural zeitgeist. He is a Swifty, apparently. Mm-hmm. Um the all also the other like most important Mitt Romney pop culture moment is, of course, Schmidt on New Girl. And this is, like, in 2012, so, like, at the height of Mitt Romney's political career, like, his bid for president, uh, Schmidt was like, I'm a Romney. <laughs> Do you remember this episode? Not really. It's so unhinged, Katie.
1: <laughs> the whole
0: premise is Schmidt wants to meet Kanye. And by the way, <laughs> he pronounces it Kanye. Kanye. Which- good for him yeah uh-huh. and he is dressed in like a basically a vineyard vines outfit to go to this <laughs> club to see kanye and they won't let him in because he does not look like a cool guy no but someone or he i can't remember i haven't watched it in a while but somehow he decides his ticket into this club to see kanye is to tell them that he is a romney <laughs> and he looks apart, right? Like he's mm-hmm. got like an embroidered belt on with like <laughs> whales on it or something. <laughs> um and he makes up a romney name, but it's funny because it's almost actually a romney name. He calls himself yeah. Tug. <laughs> Tug Romney. But there is a Tag Romney. Yeah, he's close. I mean, and Mitt yeah that's something although mitt is his middle name did you know
1: (gasps) i did not what's his first name willard stop yeah
0: is that the most mormon first name you've ever heard (laughs) willard romney
1: willard romney yeah it's um it's giving polygamy
0: yeah it's giving cedar city utah baby Mm -hmm. um so anyway Yeah, Schmidt, he convinces people he's (laughs) Tug Romney. Some young women who are really into Republicans are like, oh, Tug Romney, do you want to come make out with me? And so for a minute, it seems like Schmidt is going to ride this Romney wave to like sex and Kanye. But he blows it by saying that he and his dad like to drink beers together while fishing. Ugh. And the girls are like, um, no, Mitt Romney's a Mormon; he wouldn't do that. And so his, so Schmidt's cover is blown. Talk about a cultural moment for old Willard Romney.
1: Yeah, I feel like that was the last, like, c- kind of cute election. I'll be more clear: <laughs> the twenty twelve, the like Obama Mitt moment. Mm-hmm. Like I remember, I don't know. There was just like there was something in the air yeah I, you know the debates and like i remember going to 7-eleven to get coffee with luke who was either still my boyfriend or we had just gotten married i think we were engaged and um and there was like obama and romney coffee cups that you could choose from oh you cute. know it was just like cute it was like the this is a cute thing that we're doing. Like an election. Yeah. They come <laughs> around every couple of years. Now yeah. it's like.
0: <laughs>
1: now it's oh like God. the
0: outcome will destroy your life.
1: Right. Yeah. Now it's because I just remember back then being like, "Ugh, Mitt Romney, ugh. you know, and it's like, it gets so much worse. It gets so much worse.
0: <laughs> remember how Mitt Romney, the big one of the big scandals was that, he said something about like having binders full of women
1: oh yeah
0: binders full of women who like worked for him or supported him or something i just remember binders full of women and it was his way of being like see i support women i have binders full of women
1: binders full and it's like yeah
0: that was a bit of a gaffe but at least he wasn't like i just grab them by the
1: you know what? Yeah, he didn't mean anything by it. He was just being a nerd. Just yeah, being a like dork.
0: things just really fell off a cliff after Mitt Romney. So, yeah, you know,
1: a reckoning, if you will, a bit of a reckoning.
0: Okay, so <laughs> let's talk about this book. I read this book, Haiti did not, no, but no. N- we didn't both need to read it. And in fact, no, no. none of you need to read it. Because I'm going to tell you what's in it. And also, you can read some reviews of it. If you really want to read it, go right ahead. It's actually like a pretty quick little read. It's written by... So it's an authorized biography written by McKay Coppins, a friend of the podcast.
1: (laughs) What's up, McKay? How's it going? In a certain sense. You may
0: (laughs) remember if you've been with us for a while, we've dragged McKay Coppins here
1: before. So
0: he... um is a staff writer at the Atlantic and a, a famously a Mormon. And he likes to write about Mormonism in politics and pop culture. And he wrote this, like, scathing review of Under the Banner of Heaven and how, like, Mormons are so persecuted and it's like, no one gets talked down to like Mormons get talked down to. And it's such a silly
1: little article.
0: Yeah. That's McKay Coppins. So he and Mitt Romney have had, like, tons and tons of interviews over this long period of time. And Romney's, like, given him his access to his journals and emails and notes to piece together this biography. And, like, McKay Coppins is a perfectly good writer. So it, like, moves along. It's pretty snappy. You know, Uh, you, you just plow right through Mitt Romney's life lickety-split yeah yeah Mm -hmm. um one thing i will say when this book came out i was visiting our parents in utah and we were talking about it and Mm. whether they were going to read it and um dad was like oh yeah i think it's cool that the guy who's writing it is this like guy from the this journalist from the atlantic you know and i said yeah and he's a mormon and dad was like oh really I hoped he wasn't and dad's reasoning was if a non-mormon could write this biography of Mitt Romney and Mitt Romney could come out smelling like a rose it would like mean more than if a fellow Mormon did it
1: yeah he's right but it's like that's just not gonna happen Mitt Romney is not open to the the hard questions you know
0: not about mormonism
1: well that's what i mean yeah yeah Yeah. Yeah.
0: and like mormonism is central in his life story of course as it would be in any like devout mormon's life story Mm -hmm. but mckay coppins is not interrogating mormonism in the way that a non-mormon journalist worth their salt would have to they would have to ask romney the real questions like Mm -hmm. can you please explain to me how you justify this like insane belief system and still Mm -hmm. claim to be like a rational person who should be running the country like you would have to be able to make sense of it and there's no making sense of it like that no um one thing I hadn't realized because um a documentary came out in 2014 called MIT
1: Mm-hmm. and
0: again this filmmaker was given all this access to mitt and to the romneys to make this documentary but the filmmaker is a
1: mormon yeah it's pretty cutesy
0: so in these like cases where romney's like i'm being transparent i'm gonna like give this access it's only to people who are already like understanding his mormonness but also like have a stake in it like and so right. aren't gonna look at it in any kind of really critical way. Any Mormon has spent their entire life like situating Mormonness in as normal a way as possible for a non-Mormon audience, because that's how you survive in this world. So yeah, McKay Coppins is an expert at that. And he does it throughout this book. And in subtle ways, right? Like, um, for instance, at the very beginning of the book. The very beginning of the book, the like, um, prologue is January 6th. Mm. And, like, yeah, January mm. 6th. Holy smokes. And Romney's like in the Senate chamber and is being told, like, get inside. There's a breach, you know, like, mm. but, but the real beginning of the prologue is a line about how Mitt Romney is low key obsessed with death. And his Mm. own mortality. And he has this um, wellness fixation because he wants Mm. to live as long as he can. And Mm. he says, I want to, like, live a long life because a lot of things are going to be happening. (gasps) And that is Mormon code. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And McKay Cobbins, you know, rushes right over it. He just keeps it moving. But I was like. Whoa whoa, 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 whoa! Hang on. Mm-hmm. So within yeah. the first couple of pages, the first couple of paragraphs, I'm like, here it is, here it is, here mm-hmm. is the weird Mormon stuff getting treated like it's normal. Mm-hmm. And if a non-Mormon were the one writing this book, they would be like, "Hang on a minute, what do you
1: mean?" Yeah, tell me exactly what you mean. And and let
0: me tell you exactly what he means. What he <laughs> means is.
1: Um, Mm -hmm. You know,
0: there's, like, all this second coming stuff, right, that Mm -hmm. he's referencing, like, Jesus is going to return to the earth, yada, yada, yada. But it's even more than that. Mormonism takes it even further than that. So in this prologue, um, Romney reflects on how, like, he used to think of Republicans as defenders of the Constitution and that Democrats were, like, willing to kind of set the constitution aside for the sake of progress and now mm. he's like oh i don't know anymore i don't think that's necessarily true i think republicans will turn on the constitution if it serves their own self-interest as if that's so shocking as if yeah, we yeah wow. know." but he has this insight and um this this sense that like the constitution is at risk and i need to live a long time because a lot of things are going to happen is so mormon coded there's something Mm -hmm. called the white horse prophecy which is a disputed revelation from the prophet joseph smith and the idea in this revelation is that the united states constitution will be threatened the wording the famous wording that every mormon who knows knows is the constitution will be hanging by a thread Mm. and a mormon is going to save it literally ride in on a white horse and save it right yeah can i tell you that when i was a mormon missionary my mission president told me he had a vision of my future oh good and he told me that my children were going to be the ones to save the constitution when it was hanging by a thread
1: Oh, my God. Have I ever told you that? No. Yeah. For mm. those of you who don't know, I have no children. Right.
0: Slash X Mormon. So it's not looking great for that vision.
1: No. And I'm he so sorry just...
0: if the Constitution was depending on that because
1: yeah. it's not going to happen national treasure white horse yeah the reckoning
0: yeah the actual context for that um that little vision he had was because when you're a missionary you meet with your mission president like once a transfer so once every six weeks and they give you a blessing a priesthood blessing so they put their hands on your head and they receive revelation on your behalf and tell you what it is right and most of the time it was very like I bless you to feel comfort. I bless you to be inspired to find people to teach. I bless you to feel that the Lord is guiding you. Like that kind of of stuff. But on this particular occasion, he gives me the blessing. He ends the blessing and says to me, I had a vision of your future, but I cannot tell you what it is until the last night of your mission. So remind me on your last night so on my last night i reminded him thinking he was gonna be like i don't know what you're talking about and he was like yes let me tell you the vision and it was you're gonna get married in the temple it's gonna be this like really incredible partnership with like a really righteous man and then um your children are gonna rescue the constitution Constitution. nicholas cage style yeah not Nicolas that's Cage. That's interesting. Style. I wish Nicolas Cage style.
1: I wonder if that's just like a thing he does with everybody. Number Maybe. one. But number two, if not, like I kind of love, I think it like, gets kind of a slay that he's like, I'm a medium or like yeah. I'm I'm like, having good for visions. Him, right? Like that's fun.
0: Good for him. And also like that was like a full year in between him telling me, like, remind me and then Maybe he felt put on the spot and was like, let me come up with something. How about that white verse prophecy? How about we go there? Who knows? Hmm. But I left that meeting feeling pretty important slash weird about my future. Anyway, Romney is saying all sorts of stuff that if you know, you know, is very distinctly Mormon, but it's not necessarily getting unpacked. That's right. just in the prologue. <laughs> um, so do you want me to like give you some highlights of Mitt Romney's life? Give me some
1: highlights. I'm
0: not gonna get all into it. I'll admit that after I got to the 2002 Olympic years, I was like, I think I've seen what I need to
1: see here okay. of Mitt Romney's okay. life. Give me but some background.
0: Just a little bit. Um, we already knew this, but his family. Um. He comes from a family of polygamous who lived in like a mormon polygamy colony in mexico right. which is fun
1: mm-hmm. um and then his
0: it was like his grandparents who came to the u.s from mexico and made their way after being polygamous so mm-hmm. um mitt romney's dad was the governor of michigan Mm -hmm. which is interesting he was like a moderate republican he was the governor during like the race riots in detroit Mm. um yeah like an interesting background interesting political background but um mitt grew up as this like rich privileged son of a governor Mm -hmm. um like he went to like a boarding school and stuff Mm. and he talks about being like he had kind of a hard life because he wasn't a natural athlete
1: Mm. right and
0: that's like what it took to be like respected among the boys and I just love that Mm. like that is his trial
1: (laughs) yeah that's hard I wasn't the best at football
0: so he um you know Because of that difficulty, he was a bully.
1: (laughs) Right. (laughs) So he
0: like tells these sort of benign stories about like bullying kids in boarding school. Mm. But when he was running for president, a story came out that he had hazed a gay classmate and like pinned Mm. the kid down and cut his hair. Mm. And when the story came out, Mitt claimed to have no memory of it.
1: Sure, yeah, you sure? know how you forget those things. <laughs> you know, like the when you haze somebody violently and you just forget.
0: You've you forget like the hate crimes you've been involved in in your life. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> was jaw dropped. When oh, I read yeah, that. that's insane.
1: that's not real
0: (laughs) that is not a normal reaction to yeah like assaulting a classmate is that you just like immediately forget that it happened but that's our (laughs) myth. yeah and like what's funny about it is he does remember bullying kids right and he admits to it but like this like pretty extreme case he's just like i don't remember
1: that doesn't
0: stand out yeah wild and he's mm-hmm. like i didn't even know i mean i just didn't really have a concept of like who is gay mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay because i'm
1: so straight
0: Ooh, mit, mit, mit. so that's a dark spot in the history yeah. of mitt romney's life so yeah he grows up with a lot of privilege um and he's kind of an asshole he um Is a little bit of a womanizer. He likes to date girls. But as soon as they like him back. He likes to ditch them. So that's real nice. Mm -hmm. And then he meets his future wife. And he's smitten by her. Mm -hmm. Um, He goes on a Mormon mission. And he wants to go to the UK. Because that's where his dad and grandpa went. So his dad. Who is a powerful. like Political Mormon. Calls the church headquarters. And is like can you call my son to this mission and they're like sure and I was like great good to know that that's how that works like Mm -hmm. just another like illusion of Mormon revelation that's shattered which Mm -hmm. you know we already knew but okay
1: here Mm -hmm. it is in black
0: and white but then apparently as he's like on this list to be called to the UK um, Thomas S. Monson sees the list and is like no send this Romney kid to France nice yeah who knows why whatever he goes to france has a terrible mission the Mm. um key detail about his mission that we get in this biography is that he had chronic debilitating diarrhea for like.
1: (laughs) nice which is just a delightful little
0: like there's a part (laughs) where he like blacks out in a ditch from (laughs) diarrhea and dehydration Sucre so next blue. time you see a picture of Mitt Romney that's what you should think about. Okay. The diarrhea years. <laughs> um but the big story of his mission is that excuse me, Siri interrupted. The big story of his mission is that towards the end of his mission he's an assistant to the president, to the mission president, which is like you've risen to the top of the ranks of your mission. Mm. And he is driving some missionaries, including the mission president and the mission president's wife, through France, gets into a head-on collision with a driver who is maybe a drunk driver, is Mm. sort of hinted at, but not necessarily confirmed. Mm. Um, They have a really serious accident. The um, Mitt is pretty injured, but the mission president's wife dies. Mm. um which whoa like that's super serious right
1: yeah that's crazy um
0: quite an experience to have like at such a young age to be the driver mm. of that car i mean like imagine yeah it refuses to go home early because he's like if there's anything being a missionary has taught me it's that sacrifice suffering is mm. sanctifying right so sure. i'm gonna stay here and suffer um, the mission president leaves to go home and like mourn his wife and Mitt takes over the mission while he's gone like runs the mission while he's gone and I was like did he low-key use this as a power grab <laughs> like I mean that's a dark yeah. thing to have it, but on a level
1: that is kind of what he did yeah there's a <laughs> there's something to that yeah I'm sure there was a lot of you know grief and it was a hard time but there was a little bit of oh um Mm -hmm. does this mean well you know i got it covered i got it covered here
0: i got it covered let me show you what i can do and like mckay coppins makes a point of calling out like how he used that time to like push forward some like courageous new initiatives or whatever i mean he's like
1: hustling hmm yeah, I, get that get that garbage mission president out of there. You know, <laughs> go mourn your wife. I got this. We're yeah. we're taking things to the next level.
0: Yeah, we're taking it to the top. Yeah. And like that is an interesting little personality profile of our dear Mitt Romney, I think. Mm. Yeah. So anyway, that's Mitt Romney as a missionary. He goes home, he goes to BYU. He majors in English, which I thought was interesting yeah um thinks about being an academic but his english professor is like why would you want to be poor why not be rich Mm -hmm. so he's like good thinking buddy and he goes to harvard to get an mba and slash jd and he ends up working as the head of bain capital which is just like an investment arm of bane 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 sounds like you know villains right right (laughs) he is the villain in the dark knight series Mm -hmm. so it's like yeah he is bane (laughs) Um, Yeah. so he makes hundreds of millions of dollars by laying people off basically is his career nice Mm
1: -hmm. but for him
0: way to go buddy
1: yeah really courageous
0: in the in the biography like there is a little bit of like mckay coppins interviewing people who've known romney throughout his life and the overarching message is he was good looking and confident and fit and rich so he like made his way through the world you know
1: Hmm. people
0: are like you can trust that mitt because he has the confidence of a harvard man
1: yeah yeah he's got the confidence of someone who will violently haze a gay classmate and then claim and then immediately forget to remember it, it.
0: yes yeah. one thing that mitt talks about this is his reckoning right is he's realizing as he gets older and deeper into politics that like he is complicit in some mm. things like maybe some of his layoffs were a little unsavory maybe you know he's equivocated a little too much politically and he's contributed to like the downfall of american politics um and he says like i've realized i have this like powerful ability to justify my own actions And then like not think about them. He's like, I could take a lie detector test and I'm not lying to you when I say I think I'm doing the right thing.
1: Mm.
0: But looking back, like maybe
1: it wasn't. So you admit that you could fake a lie detector test? (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) Mm. Okay. Yeah, there's just some weird like he's like trying to be like, look, I'm being so self-reflective that that, like, I'm almost trying to absolve myself with this level of honesty, but actually what's happening is he's condemning himself with this, mm-hmm. like, with this revelation that he has, like, willfully done unethical shit and then, like, erased it from his memory.
1: He's just kind of, like, laying it out there. It's a reckoning, my friend. It's a reckoning.
0: Hmm. Um. While he is making hundreds of millions of dollars and rising through the ranks professionally, he is also rising through the ranks of the church, as is often done in parallel, because the church right, right, loves right, right. to elevate a rich Ugh. man. So, yeah, of course, mm. he's a bishop, a stake president, you know, all of those things. Mm-hmm. He um there's this like little section about how he dealt with like Mormon feminists as the governor Ugh. when he was like a state right. president in Massachusetts. And then as the governor of Massachusetts, how he was, like, equivocating on abortion because, like, the church is not pro-choice, but he needed to be pro-choice to be elected as the governor of Massachusetts. So mm-hmm. he's like, well, you know, the church says abortion is like murder, but not actually murder. So he's just doing these little dances to, yeah, f- to get by. for him. And he calls it pragmatism. He's like, I'm just pragmatic. But what that means is I'll say whatever I have to say right? to get the job done.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mormons are real pragmatic. I mean, they <laughs> can really find a workaround for anything. I mean, you could be like, how do you justify Joseph Smith marrying mm-hmm. a 14-year-old? They've got good arguments. Oh, they could talk at you about that all day yeah they really can and the different argument people have all sorts of things to say they're really thinking on it
0: so many angles like oh it's like his Mm -hmm. abrahamic test oh i mean he didn't have sex with her oh um uh it was for her good somehow
1: right it was it's a clerical error
0: (laughs) it's a clerical error yeah. Um. Or the catch-all is like, we can't know the mind of God because we're just mortals. So like, you have to be patient because one day it will be clear to you. You right. know, once you're long dead, you will suddenly see clearly.
1: Right. Well, we don't know. He was protecting her from mm-hmm. somebody else or yeah, we don't know.
0: Okay. Wrapping this all up. Oh, a few more tidbits from Mitt's life. Um, he meets Trump for the first time in 1995, and he gets like flown out to Mar-a-Lago mm. just for some schmoozing. And he apparently thinks Trump is like deeply weird and Mar-a-Lago mm-hmm. is super weird. But then in 2012, he thinks Trump is like a delightful guy. Mm. He writes in his journal about how Trump makes him feel good about himself. Well, so there it is. Like, and that's his private journal. That's not his, like, some public statement he's making to take a stand. So Mm -hmm. I do think that is an interesting thing as we, like, see him getting a lot of praise for standing up for Trump is, like, in his sort of private reflections on Trump over the years, he's had plenty of good things to say. Right. Yeah. And Trump has always been Trump. So- um. Yeah he takes over for the Salt Lake Winter Olympics when everything is in shambles mm. and this is kind of a big thing that launches him further into just like the public sphere people know him as successful and mm. he and his wife both talk about how he took that on because it was such a train wreck and he loves train wrecks
1: mm. like he loves the drama. Hold so, on. Yeah. What's his story? He's a drama queen. So sorry.
0: Take your time. This is important. I'm so glad you thought of this.
1: Wow. Hmm. A Pisces drama mm. sensitive ego <laughs> ego ego. His moon is in Scorpio too. so that's intense. That's like emotionally.
0: he's mm-hmm. a lot
1: like a Scorpio man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, thank you
0: one one thing we learn. Not from Mitt himself, but from journalists who were in the room on January 6th, is that when he found out, like, the Capitol has been breached, like, insurrectionists are on their way, we need to lock you all down, is he, like, came into the room and was like, this is your fault! Like, screaming (gasps) that at, like, Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz and stuff. Like, he is, you know, he is that guy it makes his fuse with george santos like all the more
1: just delightful delightful yeah because
0: george santos is
1: such a drama queen
0: right yeah yeah
1: yeah that's an interesting illusionist yeah it's an interesting pair
0: (laughs) i did want to say i read like a handful of reviews of the book from, like, The New Yorker and The New York Times and The Washington Post. And my favorite line was from um Alex Beam in The Washington Post, who wrote, The biggest disappointment in this book proves to be Romney himself. Which, <laughs> sick burn. And, <laughs> and it's kind of true because, like, the reckoning he's having, right, is with himself and his complicity in the current state of things, which he clearly is horrified by. He's horrified mm-hmm. by like what politics has kind of sunk to mm-hmm. um and he's rec- recognizing his complicity in it and he's also like taking a stand against it so there's this like self reckoning but also this reckoning with uh Trump and Trump is you know he's going to mm-hmm. come out against them mm-hmm. um but even in this, like, supposed reckoning, he's still just doing, like, a lot of navel-gazing and a lot of, like, disingenuous, like, shock. A lot of, like, I can't believe that Republicans will act on their own self-interest over the interests of the Republic. And it's like, can't you? Yeah. <laughs> really yeah
1: it seems it sounds a little bit like he's trying to clean his slate before he inevitably um saves the constitution
0: i was gonna say before he inevitably becomes a general authority
1: (gasps) oh is that an inevitability
0: i don't know i mean he's a rich famous mormon man they that's where you go
1: i guess i just figured he was maybe too famous i don't know or is that not a problem?
0: I don't know if it's a problem. I mean, he has played his role, his Mormon role, pretty squeaky clean.
1: But I just feel like is, I mean, the church, what's he going to do in the church? You know, is it enough for him?
0: I mean, that is one thing that's kind of funny that I do want to talk about is um that you know he makes all this money and he's like what else is there like Mm -hmm. my life can't just be about money it has to be about some kind of self-sacrifice come some kind of public service because that's what his dad did that's what a good mormon does right and Mm -hmm. you have to and that's what he did on his mission is he just like suffered for the recognition of that suffering Mm. And, like, that does kind of seem like what his political career has been, is, like, I'm out here willing to just take it on the chin over and over and over for, for the recognition.
1: <laughs> right. Just to be seen as doing such. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's, like, weirdly about him. It's, like, weirdly delusions of grand jury.
1: Right? Mm-hmm.
0: And, um... And so, yeah, what what else is there but, like, then doing that for the church until you die? Yeah, I suppose
1: so. I just
0: want to say that um, amid this reckoning, I think it's worth noting that the Mormons have turned on. it. Like, oh, as yeah. he's become more and more outspoken against Trump, against, like, the Trumpification of the GOP, Mormons have fully turned on him like Hmm. um there was a poll taken in spring 2023 more than half of Utah's Republicans do not want Romney to run again Hmm. and he's not running again but the fact that that is the vibe is fascinating
1: yeah and frightening yeah yeah the Mormons have gotten real conservative they sure have well, They've like, beyond real conservative, radicalized. Whatever yeah. it is.
0: And honestly, that might be the thing that keeps him from becoming a general authority is that he mm-hmm. somehow weirdly became like too moderate, yeah. too principled. Sure. Anyway, what a book. What a Romney.
1: What a guy. What a reckoning. <laughs> <laughs> what a fun word.
0: Mm-hmm. I know. I'm an F. So. I just want to have so many reckonings from here on out.
1: I know. I need I could use a reckoning. Just anytime Frank
0: do? and I are like deciding what to have for dinner, I'm gonna be like, mm, this is a
1: reckoning. reckoning. Right. <laughs> yeah. The next time I struggle to decide whether to cut bangs. <laughs> that's yes, a reckoning.
0: A bang reckoning.
1: So um my contribution to this episode, because I did not read. Um, Mitt Romney a reckoning nor should you I've made a little bit of a discovery um, from our past (gasps) it's a letter from (laughs) you from when you were on your mission and I found it like months ago and I read it and I set it aside with my podcasting stuff and I said I'm going to read this and i don't remember what it says and i oh my gosh i did not reread but i want to read it for the pod. Katie, this is a reckoning this is a little bit of a reckoning <laughs> it's very apt are you ready i'm ready um it's dated uh may 29th 2006 okay so i was 14 years old you were on your mission um, I was pretty freshly on my mission, which, like, hence the key, really cutesy. Yeah, sure. You know, oh, situation. Gosh. Um, it says, "Dear Skatie," which is cute. Yeah, it's one of my nicknames. It says, "Yo, go on." Happy Memorial Day. <laughs> What's shaken? <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> um it uh uh it mentions somebody I'm not gonna name drop. Um, but it says last year um this person and I threw a Memorial Day barbecue bash. Today I went to the Ithaca Ward Memorial Day Barbecue Bash, and it was actually as cool, if not cooler. <laughs>
0: what a bunch of baloney. <laughs>
1: We played some serious frisbee. Hmm. Katie, I can't see it. I? Yeah, I can't see that. <laughs> Who is this person? Plus, it's like 98 degrees outside. You know, I can't even read this. Why is
0: that a good thing?
1: Yeah, uh, that's terrible. Know. You know, Katie, you're my sunshine after the rain. A 98 dot, 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 degrees
0: dot. reference.
1: Oh, snap. hello. Topical. I'm so sorry. Um, And one hundred and fifty thousand percent humidity. So we were all dripping with sweat from just standing outside. It was crazy town. There were six missionaries there, us and four elders, and all the little kids were chasing us with cups of water. Being a missionary is mega fun. Why am I talking like this? I don't know. Ugh. Um. Human distress. yeah, clearly. You never just blend into a crowd. We can't even walk out our front door without everyone staring at us and wondering who the heck we are. I don't think I'll ever feel self-conscious for the rest of my life. Wow. That didn't work out. That's I'm so self-conscious powerful.
0: right now, thank you very much.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um. How's school? Are you the most popular girl there these days? Katie, yeah. <laughs>
0: I'm being such a nice sister in this letter, and you are making a mockery of it.
1: How are the friends? James and Kelsey? The steak dances? What are your thoughts on the upcoming youth conference? What? (laughs) Sounds like it's gonna be a hoot. What? How did I even know about that? Because every because it was the same everywhere. Maybe you heard about it in the ward you were in. Um, you'll love it. It'll make you tough. Oh,
0: was it going to be? I like wonder a if track?
1: It was. I think it was track because that was the year oh, I did track.
0: I don't believe in and, that.
1: And as if you would even know, you didn't do track. I know. I refuse. Um. Yeah. Good for you. I think that's a huge reason for being a missionary. Hyphen toughness in all caps.
0: I sound like Mitt Romney. I literally
1: yeah, sound like this Mitt is Romney. really, 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 really crazy. You, you start to realize that hard things are actually way more fun than easy things. <laughs> okay, Elisa, this is where it gets crazy. I forgot about this. Everybody buckle up. Like, tracting is a blast. I never thought I'd say that. This week, we tracked it into a rabbi and talked to him for an hour. Remind me to tell you about it. Nuts!
0: It was nuts. I remember it vividly. Hmm. Um, it was not fun. (laughs) Oh, wow. We got our asses handed to us is what happened. And rightfully so. Yeah. Yes.
1: Continue. Continue um almost done well i think i'm having ice cream for dinner it's so ding dang hot (laughs) Um, do you like this card for those who can't see scuffy the tugboat um it made me all nostalgic for my long past childhood or something i love you katie be good you're okay write me back elisa p.s Never give up. Just like Scuffy the Tugboat. Obviously,
0: there was a healthy amount of irony in a lot of what I was writing there. But Mm. you read it straight. You read it earnest. And that's on you. I That's on you. That's okay. I'll let you. Me saying like, oh, we loved being out in the heat. And sweating, I I did not love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or being like, be tough, like this tugboat. I I'm not I'm not. Come on, okay, come Mm -hmm. on, sure. However, I was clearly in deep distress. Yeah, you were in distress. Yeah, I had clearly lost myself. Anyway, thanks for that. Just a
1: lot of fun. That really was a reckoning. Isn't that a lot of fun? What handwriting? how nice is this
0: i really was being a nice sister
1: you were a nice sister i probably didn't write back probably not i was not a nice sister
0: (laughs) you were also in your own kind of distress
1: oh i was in deep distress
0: (laughs) honestly the whole like toughness thing is so mit romney
1: yeah 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 we were just talking about this good for good for
0: me and Mitt. we both suffered for the lord yeah
1: you like took your distress you flipped it and reversed it and made it like look at me identity baby i am tough i am going through it and everybody can see it and i'm writing to my sister about it yep like it's nothing
0: it was all like on some level very self-serving right Watch yeah. me suffer. And that's how you'll know I'm important. Right. <sighs> well, anyway, this has been terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a real reckoning. But you may have noticed, dear friends, that we've been absent for a little while. Right. We have had things going on, life stuff come up just our own journeys. And so the podcast has taken a bit of a backseat and we're actually wrapping up season two with this very episode. Mitt Romney is sending us out into the great unknown. Yeah. But we appreciate all... Jesus Christ, shut up, Siri. But we appreciate all of the, like, um, folks who've been sending us episode ideas who've been like checking in with us sharing content on like instagram and tiktok just all the friends of the podcast y'all are great yeah we sure love you it is a delight every time mm-hmm. our paths cross in the so so you know don't be strangers well we're around you can email us at please at gmail.com you can uh dm us on instagram or tiktok at, at please bless pod please do please do don't be strangers. And you know have a merry christmas have a merry christmas and a happy reckoning
1: amen wait christmas day isn't today it's on december siri would you shut she up
0: it disrupted so many times well,
1: please bet bless siri that she <laughs> may figure up. it out <laughs>
0: Please bless uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift. Yeah. Um, Please
1: bless 2006 era Elisa as she she was was going going through through it. it. And please bless this podcast. Amen.